Hold on to your hula hoops, it's that Groovy Scoopcast. Your go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Derek. And thank you for listening in to our first episode. We're really excited to be joining the ever-growing Scooby-Doo podcast community. But before we get started on ours, should we introduce ourselves? I think we should. Well, my name's Shannon. As I said before, I am a part-time photographer, part-time writer, now a part-time podcaster, and a full-time shift supervisor at Rite Aid. <laughs> well, um, my name is Derek. Um, I'm a graphic designer. I just graduated from Oakland University last month. Uh, I'm also a part-time podcaster now. Uh, I mainly collect Scooby-Doo memorabilia. I'm the one that's obsessed with Scooby-Doo between the two of us, I'd say. Definitely. <laughs> I... um. Run a Scooby Doo blog on Tumblr, Do Central. Uh, I also do that on Instagram where I actually share my collection. And I figure that the most logical next step to my obsession with Scooby Doo would be to take it to the internet and start talking about it. So, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, in order to get started, we were going to do our mystery machine match. This is basically a little competition between Shannon and I, where we're going to ask each other questions from the Scooby-Doo trivia game set, and we're going to see who knows Scooby-Doo better than the other. We will be keeping tallies on who gets the most points for each questions and all that, and after each segment, the loser has to do something. But we haven't decided what that something is yet. So if you guys have any ideas, you know, you can feel free to tweet at us. We'll provide much more information on how to do that at the end. But uh, are you ready to see who knows Scooby-Doo better than the other? Sure. Okay. Do you want to go first? You go first. Okay. I insist. <laughs> Scooby-Doo works with three wacky ghosts to find treasure in Scooby-Doo and the blank. Boo Brothers or Scary Sisters? Boo Brothers. Was I right? You were right. Yay! <laughs> uh, my question. Scooby-Doo appeared in a syndicated special called Blank Nights. Arabian or desert? Arabian. Arabian. You are correct. Your turn. Buck the mechanic in Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders had an unusual hobby. He pressed flowers into a book. Oh, wow, I didn't think you were going to remember that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders was, like, one of my favorite movies. I mean, it was mine, too, but Pressing Flowers is not something I remembered from that movie. Well, <laughs> here's another movie around that same time that maybe you'll remember. Uh, which friend and her cyber double are chased by Old Iron Face in a wax museum during Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase? Do you want me to repeat it? No, I just don't remember. Well, it's a her. So, I mean... Is it Daphne? <laughs> no, it was Velma. <laughs> I had a 50-50 shot. 50-50 shot, and you lost. <laughs> your last question. In the Mind Your Own Business, what crime is a 150-year-old miner caught committing? Stealing or counterfeit? He was stealing. I think he was... Uh, Stealing oil or something no. like that? He was counterfeiting. Counterfeiting? Yep. No way. Read it and we pun. What? <laughs> okay. Well, that bums me out a little bit. 
Okay, well, here's my question for you. The ghost of what Mark Twain character makes an appearance in the haunted showboat? I don't know. <laughs> Injun Joe. In what world would I have gotten that? <laughs> so what's the tallies? <laughs> I get one, you get two. All right, great. So I'm off to a great start. <laughs> and that was the Mystery Machine match. So now we are going to start with the Scooby-Doo review, and we're going to talk about the episode we just watched, which is A Night for a Night. What a night for a night. Oh, I can't even get that right. (laughs) Um, So the premise for this episode was basically, when Scooby-Doo and Shaggy find an abandoned pickup truck with a knight's armor in the front seat, the gang deliver it to the museum in place of the missing professor. However, this black knight is said to come alive every full moon. As the gang investigate the night, they realize that it is a full moon, and the night has come alive. Terrifying. That premise is coming from Scoobypedia. Um, So, like Shannon just said, we just watched this episode. It was the very first Scooby-Doo episode ever aired from September 13th, 1969. Uh, Shannon, do you want to start off talking about this episode? So, my very first note, because my notes are very (laughs) ADD-driven. My very first note is full moon dash crazy shit happens. Every, Every time. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, because full moons, <laughs> crazy shit happens. And I had kind of forgotten that, like, the reason the night comes alive is because of a full moon. Mm-hmm. But, like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because shit goes down on a full moon. <laughs> well, I actually started off by talking about the title card to the episode. Um, something I noticed that's weird about this episode and one other one in the Scooby-Doo Where Are You series is that they're the only two that actually have, like, title artwork. Okay. Like, you know how it shows, like, Scooby and Shaggy looking into the, the box and it has the Black Knight just kind of hanging out? Yeah. The only other episode that does that is a clue for Scooby-Doo with the the ghost of Captain Cutler. Okay. Um, But it's weird because like, those are the only two out of the 25 episodes from this series. Like, they just kind of gave up after episode <laughs> three. <laughs> but um, I will ask, though, how did the Black Knight manage to overpower Professor White? In the truck. Okay. So on that, actually, because I wrote down something about um, that he was being shipped from England. Yeah. So there's somebody in the night costume. Yeah. Okay. He was shipped from England. Yes. So who shipped him? I don't know. I think it's weird that the professor's, like, actually traveling with this suit of armor. Like, you would think that it would be okay just being mailed to the museum straight to the museum does it need to really be transported by a professor or anybody sometimes if it's like really fancy stuff i think they do that Uh uh-huh so maybe because this is like cursed armor they just didn't want to take any chances yeah they just let you handle that (laughs) you do your thing um but because we've watched this episode previously Yes. And we talked about if he had a crew. Now, we just realized at the end of this, they do mention a crew. Yes. But nobody else on the crew was caught or, like, really mentioned besides, oh, his crew did this. We'll wait until the end to talk about the actual villain. But, But, so, is one of them in England and that's how he got shipped? 
Because, like, that's what's throwing me off. It's a whole different country. <laughs> we'll talk about the whole logistics after we reveal who the villain was. Um, but I also liked Scooby's bark when he was chasing the frog. Before yes. they just found the truck. I thought that it was really cute. And it, you don't really hear it often. Like, Scooby barking. I feel like you often forget that Scooby is even a dog sometimes. I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a dog, but, like, the way he acts, you know, he doesn't always have the same mannerisms as a dog usually would. You know, he doesn't always bark. You know, towards the 80s, he's not even always on four feet, you know. He's usually, uh, you know, walking on two. Um, I thought it was funny that the museum isn't named. When Daphne finds the the slip of paper underneath the truck when the whole gang shows up to, Mm -hmm. to the abandoned truck, it's supposed to be delivered to the county museum. That's oh, it. That's, that's all it. it's called. It's just the county museum. Maybe that's the name of their city. We gotta look just this the up. Just county. County. No, it's just county. Just county. Yep. County. What, what state do you think this takes place in? I have no idea. I couldn't tell. We were in a building Not the England. entire time. Not England. <laughs> it wasn't England. <laughs> um, when they were actually at the truck, I noticed that Velma, she uh, was talking and her mouth didn't move. I noticed that. Did you see that? Yep. <laughs> that was fun. Great animation, guys. Good job. Got any more notes for, like, the beginning or anything? No. My next notes are when they're inside the museum. In the museum. Um, well, tell me about it. Well, my question was, why were those glasses just laying out on that the sta- weird... The one that Scooby found? Yeah, that weird statue. <laughs> and what did the glasses really do? Well, what they what it did was when they found the glasses and they discovered that Scooby was wearing them, and they were like, "Ooh, what a kooky set of glasses!" They go to the library and they look up the, they look up the glasses in a book, and they basically find out that they are only made in England. So they kind of assume that they belong to the missing professor because the missing professor was coming from England, oh. which was. I guess, reason enough to go back to the museum that night and break in. (laughs) We found a funky pair of glasses, so we had to break and enter. Yeah, basically. (laughs) One of my favorite things from the episode was that when Velma discovered, you know, the glasses in the book and she was reading it to the whole gang, she was just like, and hold on to your hula hoops. The glasses are mainly used by archaeologists and are made only in England. Archaeologist? England? Professor Hyde White. I feel like that's a meme. Well, that part where they they break the fourth Mm -hmm. wall, like, that's an iconic image for the Scooby-Doo series. Yeah. You know, they all are looking in the book, you know, looking, and Velma's the only one that's really paying attention, and they all look at the screen like, (gasps) (laughs) I thought it was weird when they brought the, um, the Black Knight back to the museum, and they're talking to the curator, Mr. Wickles, Mm -hmm. um... Mr. Wiggles turns out to be the villain, <laughs> ultimately. But while they're talking to him, uh, you see a set of eyes peering outside of the armor. That's part of there, his crew that someone... we don't really know about. But how would that have happened? Because they picked up the armor from the truck when they found it. The gang, yeah. they, the gang found the armor in the truck. They put it in the mystery machine and they brought it over. So there was no one in the armor bringing it over so why why are their eyes peering out of the armor right now maybe there was somebody inside of it no because the head fell off yeah no there is no way there was a person in that armor when they found it i think the writers just forgot (laughs) i think that well because and i i mean 
the person who committed the crime is standing outside of the armor and there's a pair of eyes okay disbelieve everything else there's a pair of eyes staring outside the armor and not one person noticed no no one noticed but who is it yeah who is it (laughs) how and why right right because it's not professor uh hyde white because he's in a different part of the museum tied up and and yeah yeah (laughs) um so when they were actually on their way to the library after scooby found the glasses that he stole you know the glasses he's a dog he's a dog it happens just steal some glasses off a statue i mean what reason did he have to believe that those glasses didn't belong there he's a dog he doesn't know he is a sentient thinking being he knows right from wrong, Shannon. <laughs> I think he understands the repercussions of stealing. I don't... I mean, they steal food quite often in this series. And I also guess they break into museums late at night. Yeah, so... so. <laughs> Their moral compass is kind of <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but... What I was saying, though, they're on their way to the museum. I noticed another animation error was that when they were driving through the city to the library, um, at one point when they discover that Scooby's wearing the glasses, like, you see the whole front of the mystery machine and the whole gang, but the background's not, like, outside. It's just solid brown. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it was just a solid brown. It's not even moving. Like, the mystery machine's kind of moving, but the background's brown. That's great. Yeah. Good job. Little minor things like that. I feel like a hero when I say things like that. I'm the animation error searcher. I'm going to like come up with a cool title for myself for that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, my next note is the ladder to the window scene. Yeah. Because that's my favorite scene throughout... The entire episode. Everything Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best one. Okay. Everything Scooby-Doo, that's probably my third favorite scene. Okay. Why? It's just great. Um, he talk me through it there's a okay oh no the door is locked let's go to this window that i wrote i thought it was like i thought we at least saw four floors but i wasn't sure so i crossed it off but i think we at least see four floors up and this itty bitty little window that like no plausible human could fit in yeah and so we're gonna put a ladder and the ladder's too short. I think that probably only fit to, like, one and mm, a half stories. Maybe. And then you get the jack, which could take it up to two. Yeah. Okay, so Shaggy jumps two stories high through a tiny think. window, <laughs> falls four stories down, and then unlocks the door and lets everyone in. Yep. It's great. Shaggy's the hero right then and there. He's the star of the show. I have a lot of questions about this scene, actually. Um, for one, I think that it's funny that the mystery machine <laughs> has, like, all these tools Oh, it in the looks back. so nice and neat like, in the back, too. It looks like a utility van. Yeah. But that never is seen again. No. Ever again. It, it's only this episode. How is that ladder fitting in that mystery machine? Because it doesn't look like you can bend it or fold it. It's bigger on the inside. Oh, okay. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> the mystery machine's the hardest, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the ladder, I don't know how they're fitting it in that mystery machine, but then also how obnoxiously unsafe is it to have Shaggy climb up to the top of the ladder, to the top of the ladder, and then jack it up? Why didn't they just wait? Why didn't they have him waiting on the bottom of the ladder? But my logic behind that one is, 
if you're going to be that unsafe, just pick it all up and put it on, like, back the mystery machine up and put it all on top of the truck because that's going to get you that at least another story <laughs> but it's going to get you at least another story hi <laughs> but you know shaggy is apparently according to daphne the most swinging swingingest gymnast in school okay so you know the whole thing is like shaggy's supposed to be like unpopular i wouldn't say unpopular but like a slacker yeah kind of yeah okay but, like, in this one, I feel like he probably would be, like, a really cool kid to hang out with because he knows ventriloquism. He's the... Apparently a gymnast. He's a gymnast. <laughs> like, I feel like he would have a lot of friends. Well, and he has a talking dog. Or, yeah. Or he'd just be, like, the coolest weirdo at school. Well, and then, you know, Fred at the beginning of the episode said, you know, it looks like we're, we're up in our armors to another mystery, which means they've solved mysteries in the past. So, like, this kid, he is a gymnast he knows ventriloquism he has a talking dog and he's also like really into helping out his community like he solves mysteries he needs a statue right basically like i feel like shaggy's the most developed and like awesome character in this episode among the five forget where are you scooby-doo what's going on in shaggy's (laughs) life what's going on with shaggy's life Um, so after they get into the museum, you know, they split up in groups. So, you know, Fred and Daphne go one way so they can fuck in the other room. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't know that? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) They're but virgins. (laughs) Meanwhile, Shaggy and Velma go in the other direction and Scooby stays to watch the door, you know, and then he's scared by his shadow. Oh, wait. Okay, so speaking of that, because... Again, ADD. I wrote, what's in a Scooby snack? Because it took two Scooby snacks for him. To get him him to do anything. Yeah, for him to stand by a door. Yep. So, like, what is in a Scooby snack? I looked it up. That's what I was doing on my phone. I looked it up. (laughs) What's in it, Shannon? I found... Isn't it, like, butterscotch or something? Yeah. Okay, so it's, like, butterscotch caramels, all-natural peanut butter. I'm sure you don't have to use all-natural. But it's, like really sweet stuff there's recipes online for making them there's also shot recipes for like drinking alcohol <gasps> what and it we're took, gonna try this it took me a minute to actually find like dog scooby snacks because uh-huh. alcohol just kept popping what kind up. of alcohol i don't know i didn't look that up we're gonna look that up later <laughs> um but later on they um they get separated from shaggy didn't you say something about that I just wrote, they watched Shaggy walk out of the room. Like, I'm pretty sure even Velma, like, looked. Like, they were, he was right next to them, and then he just kept walking. Walked past him, and, and Velma's they, like, oh no, we like, lost Shaggy. They <laughs> waited for him to leave the frame, walked inside the room, and then went, oh, where'd Shaggy go? Yep. Like, <laughs> I think I even looked over at you, like, did you just see that? Well, then, after they get separated, you know uh scooby gets scared i don't remember if it was by the night or something but he knocks over velma and she loses her glasses you know this is the very it's nice to see in the very first episode velma is losing her glasses you know that's her bit Mm -hmm. um but then the black knight is like following them and he trips over her like she didn't even budge she's rock solid basically and then further he accidentally falls into one of those like I don't even know what they're called. It's like the wooden piece where like it falls and it traps you in your arms and you're like locked in. It's like those medieval things. Like if you're at a Renaissance, I think festival. they were whipping posts. I don't know what they're called. I think that's what it was because I, I just think of them as the whipped. things where like people throw tomatoes at you while you're trapped there. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, but I think back in the day you used to get whipped. 
well, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's trapped in there, and Velma, who's only hearing him and his loud, awful growls that he's making, mistakes him for Shaggy. And is like, Shaggy, that cold, it's terrible. So she pulls out his medicine, which she just happens to be carrying. She's responsible. She's a responsible person. But here's my thing with that. I think it's weird that when Shaggy is coming out of nowhere and runs into Velma and Velma gives him the medicine, she has her glasses back on. Yeah. And the knight's right there. She's trapped. They could have ended the mystery right then and there. But how did he get out? Is that the other guy that was in the... It was one of his gang members, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, But then... Let's see. So Daphne points out the blood on the floor. And she said that so... Hesitantly. Like, disgusted. But, like, yeah, like, so calm. Almost. Like, like if you found... blood. Like, if you found blood on the floor, I'd scream. Yeah, it's like... I'd be like... Someone um, is bleeding. Excuse me. (laughs) There is a missing man. Yeah. (laughs) There is a missing man. We came here to find a missing man. There's blood on the floor. And, oh, wait, wait, I actually, I had a note written down for this. Because Fred does the little, like, he hits the, he picks it up with his finger. He just touches it. He doesn't even he, like, touch it. Rubs he's, like, it. blood. So he has AIDS now. Um, <laughs> but so he rubs it, and he's like, oh, it's just paint. But I'm sorry. Fred is wearing a white shirt and blue pants. Yep. Where did he wipe the paint? Oh, he just wiped it on his hand. It's okay. He's fine. Like, he just peeled it off yeah, or whatever no, he's okay because i'm like where did that paint go i just thought that he didn't hesitate to touch it no he's just like oh that's blood i'm gonna touch it it's they, not blood because he knows i don't know if they well they've solved other mysteries we don't know what those were murder mysteries yeah yeah <laughs> but the ones we see are just a walk in a park for them <laughs> well then they followed the paint to a mummy case not a sarcophagus a mummy case i also wrote i want a secret room how did Mr. Wickles construct this secret room? Yeah. I, like, I understand I he's know. a curator, but he doesn't, like, own the place. No. <laughs> Where's the architect? Right. Um, so then they're in the room, you know, and they discover, you know, what's really going on is the Black Knight's, like, forging art and, yeah. you know, recreating the artwork. Um and, you know, everyone except Shaggy is going, huh, the mystery is just about wrapping up. This is making so much sense. And Shaggy's like, is it? And Fred's like, no time to explain, Shaggy. And it's like, but why? <laughs> well, that, and he's like, we have to go find the police. They never... Did he say that? He, the sheriff. He said, we... find the sheriff? Yeah, he said, there's no time. We have to find the sheriff. Like, they hardly ever go to the police that no. I remember. They like, they the always... Police. Yeah, that... <laughs> They always try to solve it themselves. White kids in the 1960s not trusting the police. But so they were very much just like, let's go find the the sheriff. Like, he'll know what to do. He'll know what to do. (laughs) Um, When they're in the room and, you know, right after he says that, the Black Knight appears out of a random door. And his headpiece was missing. Yeah. After it cuts back from, I guess, the commercial break, that red floop thing on top of his helmet is missing. Um that bothered me a lot. Um, and then while they're in the, you know, room and they're all frantic trying to get out without him harming them, he, like, punches a hole through a painting in order to harm Shaggy. And I'm 
personally thinking, was that the real one or the fake one? <laughs> but either way, like, they have to mean a lot to him because he's going to have to repaint that whole painting. Yeah. In that suit of armor. Now, did he paint in the suit of armor? I don't know. Did he just? I have, feel like that'd be hard. Or did he just have it like laying off to the side? Well, this so is the case... first. This is the first night he's has it though. That's true. You know, it just arrived here from England. <laughs> um. So I also found it funny. I want to really take a screenshot of this and share it probably on our Twitter. Um. After they run out of that room, they all go into the relic room, and Fred, Daphne, and Velma hop into the tank and they hide in the tank while Shaggy and Scooby hop in that plane. And when they hear the Black Knight come in, Scooby and Shaggy and, you know, everyone's popping their heads out kind of looking. But Scooby, when he pops his head out, he just looks dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, his eyes are wide. They're not really looking at anything particular. He's just kind He's of just done. Dead there. <laughs> I did write something down for when they were first running uh, away from the, from the night. Yeah. Shaggy and Scooby just dipped behind the wall and left their (laughs) their friends to die. Just left them to die. Just let the night have you. I'm going home. It's that guilt that's making Scooby feel dead inside when he pops out of the plane later on. He's like, oh shit, I actually left my friends to die. Yep. Um, So then Shaggy, he employs his ventriloquism that never appears again. Nope. Ever again. I feel like throughout the entire cartoon. I start it because I want to go like as we watch future episodes, I want to be like, now how often would ventriloquism have helped in this episode? Right, right. I just I feel like this is it's a plot device. Like yeah. it's only it's only in this episode, not because they're trying to develop Shaggy's character. It just gets them out of the situation that they're in. But it would have been a really cool thing to continue doing. Well, again, with the gymnast thing, that's another thing. It's like, it's not really there to develop Shaggy as a character or to stick around for later episodes. You know, like, Velma losing her glasses, that's a bit that's going to stay up until Be Cool Scooby-Doo. But um, Shaggy's gymnast and ventriloquism, that's not going to stick around. Um, So I'm actually kind of baffled that they have this plane in the relic room that still works. Who put gas in it? Why is it ready to turn on and operate? <laughs> yeah. There's lots of questions and concern about the safety of this plane in this museum. <laughs> so, you know, then they give the Black Knight the run around with the plane and they end up crashing into him. And I'm personally thinking, lucky he had that armor on because if it was a normal person in those propellers, died. he would have died. Straight up died. So, and then you see it. It's Mr. Wickles. You know, I've seen this episode before, so I can't say I'm surprised. No. But now I'm looking back and I'm just thinking to myself, there's no fucking way that that guy fit in that piece of armor. Right, because he was so short and fat. Yeah. And like... No fucking way. No. <laughs> I did write down that there was never a plan and that they were going to go to the sheriff, but then they accidentally caught him. And so I can only imagine like how that conversation went when they called up the sheriff to be like, so we meant to call you like 20 minutes ago, but we (laughs) actually found out who was doing all this stuff. And we are tying him up right now. But also... Please be here as soon as you can. But also, (laughs) this whole mystery was because there was a missing archaeologist. Yes. They didn't find the archaeologist until after the sheriff showed up. Yes. So how'd they get the sheriff down? Just like, so actually there was this whole forge thing. Well, because the sheriff even said they never would have suspected him as being the art forger. So they were already on to 
oh, the okay. case the art being that there was okay. art being forged and swindled, but they weren't sure who it was and they just weren't able to pinpoint that it was Mr. Wickles. But then, you know, something that you and I both kind of caught that we never heard before in this episode was that he had a gang. I literally wrote that in all <laughs> caps when they said that because I said, oh my God, they just mentioned that he had a gang. Yeah. We, I never caught that before. Never caught it before. So now we know there's gang wars in this county <laughs> because there's the Scooby gang and there's the Arswindling gang. And Well, and did they catch the other people? No, because, you know, I had to rewind it just to see because they had the two uh, men that moved the Black Knight armor in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. They had them back standing next to the sheriff when they had Mr. Wickles all tied up and everything. And for a hot second, I thought that maybe they were in on it, but they weren't. They were just kind of standing there, you know, trying to see their boss get taken away. Um, so evidently, no, they never caught the other people. And who were they? No. Just no random idea. people? It's just an explanation because they didn't have time to animate them. Well, and then... <laughs> basically. Basically. <laughs> and then Daphne was so concerned that they didn't find... The archaeologist. The archaeologist. She's like, oh my gosh, Professor Hyde White. We never found him. <laughs> But, you know, Scooby ends up finding his shoe. Yeah. And, you know, they go in the other room and they find him tied up in this crazy get up. I don't even know how to describe it. I have a couple questions about that, though. Um, For one, he had to have been tied up and standing there for, like, you know, probably more than 24 hours. About. That sucks because he would have had to go to the bathroom. He would have had cramps standing for so long. He had to have peed himself. And what if... I mean, why didn't he just fall down? Yeah, right. Like, someone would have noticed, like, hey... That thing is falling down. It's falling down, and then they go to pick it up, and they realize, oh my god, it's actually a human being. So, like, Um, all this could have been avoided. It all could have been avoided. But then, I'm also thinking, why was that the most convenient way of getting rid of the professor? Hiding him in plain sight. Like, was he going to be hidden there forever? I think they were going to sneak him out. Yeah, but why didn't they sneak him out, like, after the gang left? You know, because the gang went to the library for a little bit. Maybe the sheriff was still there poking around. The sheriff was never there. Oh, that's true. No, the sheriff didn't show up until after. Yeah, I'm talking. Know. I'm talking about... Well, why'd they even bring him back to the museum to begin with, then? Yeah, no, I agree. No idea. You could have left him tied up behind a bush <laughs> and just let him starve to death. Yep. I mean, it... <laughs> Um, but my last thing about that, no, I have two more things about that. Sorry. Um, one thing is that they were basically telling the sheriff that the reason why they made the archaeologist disappear, Professor Harry White disappear, because he would have been able to spot the fakes. And it's like, why? He's an archaeologist. He's not like an art history major or anything like that. An archaeologist, according to Google, is a person who studies human history and prehistory through the excavation of sites and analysis of artifacts. So it's people that go up and dig bones. Basically. I I wanted to do that for a while. Yeah. No, it's people that go and, like, dig bones and try and find, like, lost villages. (laughs) Villages. You dig. You dig. That's what you dig. No, but you don't... You're not able to tell the difference between one painting to another painting. That's not something that you do. So I thought that was a really weird explanation. Unless it's something, like, specific that just he knew how to do Mm -hmm. for some reason. Like, maybe... Painting is his passion. Well, but... it makes sense that, like, he'd be delivering the Black Knight. I mean, well, no, it doesn't make sense that he's delivering it himself. But it makes sense that, like, out of all the professions, you know, probably an archaeologist is delivering the Black Knight, you know. Yeah. I guess. But, sure. um, 
My other thing is that when they're talking to the professor afterward, after they leave the museum and everything, he basically explains away Mr. Wickles being in the Black Knight armor by saying somehow he must have gotten into the armor at the train station. And it's like, how? Why? So many blistering questions. But then the head (laughs) fell off in the car, so... Well, no, he was in the armor when he got out of the box in the back of so the truck. So maybe he, like, hoboed and hopped onto... His gang brought him down to the train station. Yeah, no, no, no. Maybe, like, his... Okay, so, like, you know, the train rides and, like, hobos will hop on, like, a few miles after, like, a train stop. Okay. So maybe he hopped on and then got in the armor, so by the time it was there, he was already inside it. That's so much work. Well, I mean, he was repainting paintings. The dude has, like, time <laughs> and patience. I don't know. I just, I thought that was really convoluted. Especially yeah. because he's able to recreate these paintings almost flawlessly. Like, the only person who can evidently tell the difference is an archaeologist from England. So, <laughs> I mean, he must be doing really well. Why didn't he just be an artist? Yeah. He could have just been an artist. He would have been fine. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's about my about you know all my notes that I have for this episode. Do you have anything else to say about it? That is it. Yeah. Well, we uh, like to rate our Scooby Doo episodes on what we want to call the Scooby Snackometer. Um, it's really just a fancy name for a ten star system of rating. Um, if we really love the episode, you know, we'll give it a uh, full box of Scooby snacks. Uh, that's what I consider to be above a ten, but yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, so Shannon, what did you give this episode? I gave it a four. A four? Explain. I like the episode. Okay. It has one of my top five favorite scenes in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just something about it. And I just, it's a four. It's a four. Just didn't wow you. It didn't wow me. Okay. Um, well, you see... How I view, like, these rating systems to go is that you should usually start in the middle at about a five. You know, go up or down, Mm -hmm. depending if it's good or bad. And the thing is, it's like, it didn't wow me. You know, it wasn't a great episode, but it also wasn't a really bad one either. You know, it wasn't offensive. It had a lot of plot holes and animation errors, and given it is the first episode. But there were just so many inconsistencies, in my opinion, where it didn't really deserve to go any higher. So I actually gave it a five. Um... Okay. So it seems that we're going to be averaging out at about a 4.5 for this episode. So that's our rating for What a Night for a Night. Okay, so we are going to pick our next episode that we are going to watch. Um, So in the next episode, we're basically going to be picking one from the new Scooby-Doo movies, which is the next Scooby-Doo series, rather than going in the traditional chronological order, you know, rather than just watching the next episode in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? uh, We're actually going to move on to the next series. Um, So going to randomly pick it. Uh, Shannon, do you want to pull out the randomizer? Okay. So here we go. And it's the Dynamic Scooby-Doo Affair. Ooh. I remember this one from when I was younger. I don't. You don't? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here, let me pull up the premise here. On Scoobypedia, the Dynamic Scooby-Doo Affair. Batman and Robin help the gang solve the mystery of a crashed plane, a punch toy filled with counterfeit money, and a house that keeps on disappearing. 
Ooh. That's a lot. It seems like a lot that's going on. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that these episodes are actually double the runtime of a normal Scooby-Doo Where Are You episode. So mm-hmm. rather than 22 minutes, it's actually going up to about 44, 45 minutes. Oh, how fun. But that's just so much going on. <laughs> Enough to squeeze into a 45-minute right. episode. Um, but the new Scooby-Doo movies, you know, those episodes are where they start to have guest stars from, you know, either celebrities or other cartoons. The Batman and Robin ones were always my favorite. I don't know what your opinion really is of this series, but... Uh, I think Batman and Robin is probably going to be my favorite. Okay. Because they're... I'm a Batman fan. Okay. <laughs> well, that's going to be cool. So something that we actually like to do on this podcast uh, going forward is uh, our fun facts. So every week we want to share with you a fun fact about the Scooby-Doo franchise, whether it be about the episode we just watched or the cartoon in general, maybe it's history, something cool about the characters, you know, that kind of stuff. So our fun fact for you this week is actually was kind of touched upon in the trailer for this podcast. It was the fact that the phrase, I would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for you meddling kids, was never actually used in the first season of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Which is crazy to me because it's such a well-known phrase. It's like a, it's like a every, trope, yeah. yeah. It's in every episode in our imaginations, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it really makes you wonder, you know, because that's just one thing that, you know, everyone just assumes the villain always says mm-hmm. at the end of every episode when it really wasn't. Like, the first, how many episodes would that be? 17? For 17 episodes, they never even said it. It's crazy. You know, they kind of got there, you know, it's like, you blasted kids or, ah, you ruined my plan or something like that. Or sometimes they don't even say anything. They just go, ah, me. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was never actually said until the third episode of season two, which was Jeepers, It's the Creeper. And it wasn't even the full phrase. The only thing they said in that episode was, Blast You Meddling Kids. And in the following episode, um, Scooby's Night with a Frozen Fright, Scooby, you know, encounters a caveman. And at the end of it, the villain actually says it he goes i would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids and it's just so weird to think that it took until season two to get that to even happen yep do you have any other thoughts on that no no okay (laughs) (laughs) well um you know other scooby-doo news coming out right now um this episode will be coming out you know on june 1st so it actually be after um daphne and velma the live action dvd comes out can't wait to watch that <laughs> i can one one of these days you know we'll watch that <laughs> um so shannon do you want to pimp any of your social medias or anything like that i just made a twitter did you like just <laughs> just what's your twitter handle <laughs> Do you even remember? I don't. I'm pulling it up. Hold on. Oh, great. Well, if you actually want to follow that Groovy Scoopcast on Twitter, you can find us at Groovy Scoopcast. Um, we'll definitely be sharing when we upload new episodes or any other cool Scooby-Doo content that we find throughout the week. We're looking forward to that. You can also tweet us and we'll probably answer you. <laughs> we'll try our best. Um, my Twitter is Shanny with two Ys. So S-H-A-N-N-Y-Y. 892. You made that so hard. Well, it's because usually it's Shanny 892, but <laughs> somebody stole it. Oh, and uh, mine is at Derek double underscore queen. 
Uh, if you ever want to find us elsewhere on the internet in terms of Scooby-Doo, you can go on Tumblr. Um, Do Central is basically my Scooby-Doo blog at Do Central. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I also do the Instagram where I share my Scooby-Doo collection at Do Central as well. One other thing before we go, though, um, if you want to watch that dynamic Scooby-Doo affair, the episode we're going to be reviewing next week, there's multiple ways that you can actually watch this episode. We're going to be watching it on the DVD set, the best of the new Scooby-Doo movies, but other platforms that you can watch it on include the VHS and DVD uh, versions of Scooby-Doo meets Batman, and you can also catch it in the special features for the recent DVD release of Scooby-Doo and Batman the Brave and the Bold. But if you don't want to buy all of those and you just want the single episode, you know, you can go on iTunes or Amazon. If you want a free option, you can download the Scooby-Doo app from the Microsoft Store. Um, Those episodes aren't as high quality in terms of like the visuals or the uh, audio, but it's free. (laughs) You get what you pay for. Well, uh, Shannon, was there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we take off? Nope, just that I hope you enjoyed that groovy Scoopcast. Come back next time for another Scooby Snack-filled episode. Bye, guys. Bye.